This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Today, we're going to continue the conversation of how to investigate the paranormal. This will be part two. The first episode, if you missed it, be sure to head back and check that out. But the first one I talked about knowing yourself, knowing why you want to get into the paranormal. Why are you interested? What is your motivation to seek these answers or answer these questions that the paranormal problem presents us? But we're going to keep with this episode or part two is going to keep with that theme. We're still going to look inward at your myself, at yourself, on why you're kind of, why you're investigating, why you're looking to do this and how to better prepare you for the actual investigation or actually dealing with the paranormal. That is what I wanted to really focus in on your mental mindset. And mindset is key to the paranormal. And I want to do that in a very different kind of way. I want to tell a story about the most terrifying, I would say, experience I had when it comes to the paranormal. I recently got asked this question, and I thought it was a great way to, I wanted to share the question and even throw it out to you guys. So if you want to actually, you know, tell me you're the most terrifying or this, the scariest experience you've had, whether it be on an investigation or be in your own home while you're alone or whatever, be sure to do that via email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com or just Hit me up on social media. Um, Twitter is the best way. Handles at night underscore ghost. Um, let me know. And uh, hope maybe I could give you some validation. Or we can just have a conversation about your experiences and how it affected you. What did you take from it? But like I said, I got, I recently was asked this question. And, you know, I thought it was, I really started thinking about because I've had a lot of experiences, but there was one, there's two experiences that I did have that, you know, come to mind when somebody asks, what is the, the scariest situation I was ever, ever in? But this, the one I want to talk about tonight is important because I think it really goes to mindset. And that is what I want to talk about, um, mindset. So let me start with that story. Now this, like 
just for those of you who are new to the podcast, um, I've lived in houses that have had activity most of my life, just about every place, probably 90% of the homes that I've lived in have had some sort of paranormal or some kind of spirit or something unexplainable has happened, whether you want to classify it as paranormal or a ghost or whatever. Strange things have occurred. So you need to keep that in mind a little bit. But back in 2010, um, I was going through a divorce. And she had moved out. The kids were no longer living in the home. You know, just like any kind of divorce situation, the divorce was not finalized yet. Um, but we were in the process of it. We were separated and filed and all that happy stuff. So I was home alone. You know, I was living alone in the same house. And I did have, there had been activity in that home Anyway, so one night I come home from work and, you know, just a typical night. And let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I'm an only child. I do enjoy being alone at times. There are certain times where I'm an introvert by nature, which, you know, it's not that I'm shy or don't want to talk to people. It's that I am more comfortable. I'm comfortable alone. I sometimes find being in crowds exhausting. And when I want to charge my batteries or relax, I like to be alone. So there are times, even to this day, and throughout my entire life, that I like quiet time. I like to be alone, to get, think about things and, you know, get inside my head and work out my issues. So I, as tough as this time period was for me, I did like that aspect of it. And anybody who has been who has went through a divorce or is currently going through a divorce, it's not easy. It's probably the worst time in your life. Just for the mere fact, your life is drastically changing. And that's whether you want the divorce, whether you filed for the divorce, or somebody, your partner had wanted the or filed for the divorce. It's stressful for all parties involved because it's a life change. It's You're getting outside your norm or what you're used to. So, and I was in that position and... I, I was, not that I was happy, but I did enjoy, you know, I liked the quiet. I liked being alone to just introspect and think about things. I found that viable to a certain extent. So I go home, I get home from work and, you know, I eat dinner and I am just laying on the couch, relaxing, thinking about the day, naturally thinking about what I'm going through, um, how things are going to change, how I'm going to handle these situations and handle the upcoming situations. And it wasn't a pleasant divorce by any stretch, but it wasn't the worst nightmarish story that you could think of. Um, there was some animosity there, but, you know, all in all, I mean, there was definitely some things happening that did not put me in a good place. And that's going to be critical towards the end of this episode when I tie it all in together. But bottom line, I was I was okay to a certain extent. I missed my family. I missed the kids tremendously. And it broke my heart to be away from them. So I wasn't truly happy. But, you know, I was getting that quiet time that sometimes I do need and do want at times. So I'm laying there 
just finished dinner probably at that time definitely was probably a subway sandwich or fast some sort of fast food because you know whenever you go through a divorce you know things get separated and things get halved and you don't necessarily always have everything you're used to having so it was a lot of fast food a lot of things like subway and a lot of pizza boxes so i was laying there just finished watching television and for some, I can't hold me to this. For some reason, I'm pretty sure there was probably, you know, this is like 2010, so still, Ghost Adventures, was, Ghost Adventures was blowing up at that time. Ghost Hunters was still on the air, so I want to think it might have been one of those. It was right around Halloween, so it might have even been one of those Halloween specials was on. So I was watching it. I'm just laying there, and I, the way the living room was set up, the TV was on the wall, the couch was pretty much perpendicular up against the sidewall and I was laying looking at the television but you know looking essentially just past you know over my feet essentially looking at the television and to the left of the television from my vantage point the hallway going back to bedrooms and other rooms was off to the left so I'm laying there watching television and like I said I think pretty sure it was probably a ghost hunters um live special i think because like i said it was right around halloween if i'm if my memory is correct and it's you know working properly which with elderly years that's not necessarily always the case but i was laying there watching it and i was like you know relaxing not in a particularly bad mood just tired from work the dog was you know we had a little at that time little well, i still have her a little chihuahua actually I had two dogs one dog the big basset hound was laying on the floor next to me i was petting him with the left hand the little chihuahua that i bought from or bought for my youngest daughter you know out of let's be honest guilt for the uh, ending of the marriage and the dog stayed with me because her mother did not want the dog in that house or her new home, so she stayed with me, so she was laying on my stomach, I'm laying there, 15, 20 minutes, wide awake, not falling asleep in any way, shape, or form, but I hear, off down the hallway, a creak, and I sat there, I, I laid there, and I was like, okay, that's interesting, and it was a slow creak, and immediately I realized it's a door, the door was either opening or closing at that time i didn't know which it was and i was pretty sure it from how the distance that it sounded like it was i knew it was my youngest what the room that used to be my uh youngest daughter's room which you know on a side note was my original studio for when i started the podcast you know two years ago but i was i said okay that's my daughter's door open and it was it just kept going, and it was a slow creak, like, and then it hit the base, or the latch system, or the, the door the door catch, and it stopped. So I sat there for a minute, said, okay, let's go uh, see what's going on. Now, I was, this, like I said, was back in 2010, was not an investigator at all. I had no aspirations of being a paranormal investigator, um, had no aspirations of having a paranormal podcast. I was just, I experienced these things, and this was just par for the course 
for me. So I wasn't in initially freaked out. Overly freaked out is a better way of putting it. I was like, whenever something happens like that and you know you're alone in the house, you know, your heart rate does rise. I don't care who you are. It does elevate a little bit. So I got up, moved the dogs, and started walking uh, towards the hallway. And I looked back. The dogs were not following me. And, you know, immediately I was like, okay, now this is kind of weird. Because generally, you know, the dogs, I could, wherever I went in the house, I had two dogs, you know, behind me at all times. Whether I was going to the bathroom or the fridge or walking out the door, they were following me right behind me at all times. So I looked back, like I said, nothing, the dogs weren't coming. So I continued forward and it, that room, my daughter's room at that time was, you know, it's just the first door you come to. And uh, I looked at it, it was closed. There was no lights on, the hallway light was not on, but it, the hallway was lit to from the light in the living room. And I put my hand on the doorknob. It wasn't completely shut. It was still cracked open. Like I said, there was no light on. And just a feeling of dread came over me. I was, you know, starting to sweat a little bit. I was nervous to open the door because I didn't know what was behind this door. And uh, I opened the door. And I was as I was reaching to turn the light on, the dread just kept, kept building and building and building. And I didn't, because I didn't know what I was going to, when I turned the light on, what I was going to see or what was going to be in that room. I flipped the light on and nothing. The only scary thing in that room was the horrible, ugly pink walls that I had painted for her and a bunch of stuffed animals. That was it. Nothing there. I kind of looked in the closet, looked around, see, looked to see if anything was moved around. Nothing. So immediately you would think you would start calming down. You would start, you know, that release of not finding anything. You know, your heartbeat would start leveling out. You would start calming down and kind of go back to normal. But what was weird and out of characteristic for me was, was that I was still elevating. I was still getting more amped up. I was still... You know, jumpy. I was starting, like I said, I was starting to sweat. I didn't know what was going on. I backed out of the room. I was legitimately scared. I, you know, that is my memory of it. The feeling that I had, even though I knew nothing was nothing was there. Um, that door closed on its own. So as I'm backing out and and I'm literally backing back down the hallway with my eyes focused down the rest of the hallway and to the other room that was down there and then to and on that door just backing my way back into the living room and I got back on the couch and I was just shaking I was I was didn't know what to think I was this was just a benign experience I had experienced something to that effect you know doors opening closing the whole time and so I tried to compose myself and I was like okay it was a little cooler I think you know the air was probably or not the air the heat was probably on because like I said it was late in October 
and here in Ohio, it can be fairly cold at times. It, it could be 80 or it could be, you know, 30 here in Ohio. It just depends on what day it is. I remember it being kind of cold at the time because I'm pretty sure I was in a sweatshirt and jeans. So I immediately paid attention to see if the heat was running. Because sometimes that when the heat turns on, the suction of sucking the air to blow out can cause doors to open, can cause doors to move or close, which is very possible and that does explain a lot at times. So I, you know, sat there, listened to see if there was running or the heat was running, was not running. So the rational side of me said, okay, maybe the heat was running and I just didn't notice it or it just kicked on real quick. So I said, let me go back to the room. So I got up, walked back to the room, opened the door like I was figured it was at the time and went back to the living room, sat on the couch and kind of waited for the heat to kick on again. Didn't have to wait too long, you know, 10, 15 minutes probably. The heat kicked on and I perked up and listened. Door didn't move. So at this point, you know, I kind of started calming down a little bit at this point. But as soon as, because I, I convinced myself, as soon as that heat kicks on, that door is going to, you know, suck the air pressure and the door is going to close and case closed. It's just my imagination or it's just... There was a rational a rational explanation for what had just happened. And I didn't have to worry about a spirit or a ghost or anything, you know, messing with me that night. When And when nothing happened, when the heat kicked on again, I immediately, my heart rate immediately started pounding. It, anxiety just started rushing over me. I mean, to the point where I was almost in tears to, and you know, I'm a grown ass man. That's a, you know, that's not me. That's not how I react to that situation. I've had these experiences my entire life. I never had this kind of reaction, this kind of emotion based on a possible paranormal experience. And I was, I was conscious of that. And I was like, why am I freaking out here? And it lasted all night. It actually lasted until the next day. I, I don't want to say I had, was having anxiety attacks, but, you know, it was, I was nervous. I was amped up. I was scared for, a, you know, I was scared. Even that night, I didn't sleep that night at all. You know, the dog, the dogs weren't acting crazy or weird to a certain extent. I mean, they were not quite as playful and upbeat as they normally are, but they were kind of just, chill they were just there it wasn't like they were on edge or just sitting and staring down the hallway barking but they weren't their normal selves now i'm not going to say that is them sensing something that is uh, they were sensing something they were probably sensing my anxiety and my fear and it kind of calmed them down and made them not their playful self but it wasn't proof of anything so the more I thought about this, and I've analyzed this scenario in my head for years, and the more I, when I got into the paranormal, I still hadn't come up with a rational explanation for that particular event and my particular reaction to that, because 
a couple days later, or not a couple days, later on, probably the next year, I told this, you know, this story on previous episodes, I actually was laying in bed, and at the time, I had moved my bedroom to that bed. I kind of, you know, made a bed there, kind of an office. I had a bed in there after, you know, I kind of cleaned out the room a little bit. So I was actually sleeping in that room one night and I got pulled, you know, I was laying on my right side and something yanked me to my back. I didn't get that freaked out. I didn't have the same reaction, which was weird. So, like I said, years, I've kind of pondered over this, my reaction to that for years. And I think I finally have come to one conclusion and the reason for my or two possible reasons for that and they do kind of tie into each other and it goes to mindset now like i said going through divorce was not in a great place um things you know i was stressed i you know the uncertainty of the my future, the uncertainty of having to not come home to my kids was, you know, every night was killing me. It, in certain situations that happened later on before the divorce was final, even made it even worse. My, I was not in a good place. I was not mentally dealing with the situation with what happened or my change in situation very well so i was that very negative very dark very i don't i mean dark depressed state is the best way to describe what i was feeling what i was going through so my mindset sucked my mindset was complete trash so i think that played a big part in several things now I've if you've listened to me in the past you know I mindset's big you I've always told and ex- expressed my opinion that your mindset if, will affect you as a paranormal investigator it will affect the activity you experience So after reflecting on the situation and coming to some answers I think there's two reasons why I had possible two reasons why I had that reaction to it. The first one, which I think I want to lean towards that a little bit more than the second one, but I can't throw the second one out completely. But the first one is I was reacting to the rationalization that I was alone. There was nobody there. Um, And I think the fear of my subconscious thinking, this is how you're going to die alone. You've lost everything. You've lost your family. You've lost your world is caving in. If you would pass away this night, if there was a ghost there that came and, you know, dropped the television on your head, it could be days before anybody finds you. You are actually alone. You have nothing. You have nobody. Because, you know, you're in a house that things have been separated you don't have all the stuff you used to have. It's emptier than it should be. The energy is completely changed. And things just aren't 
normal. Things aren't, you haven't adapted to that situation. And that was my thought. I am going to be alone. And I think that plays a little bit into my reaction that I didn't consciously think this, but I think subconsciously that was in, in me, in my head, and the experience just magnified it, and that was the cause of the emotion that I was feeling. Now, I know that's not true. That was a rational way of thinking, but you know, I'm not the most rational person, especially in traumatic times. I don't think any of us are, but I think that is part of it. Now, the second thing it could have been, and which really is going to go to the mindset, is, like I said, I was negative. I was not in a good place mentally. I was, the atmosphere had changed in the room. The energy had changed in the home. Possibly, it is very possible that that change in energy, my change in attitude, the energy I was projecting, could have brought something a little bit darker, a little bit more sinister into the home. Now, it's from my experiences there in the past and continued on through the years. I lived in that place up until um, 2018. Actually, 2019. Beginning of part of 2019, I moved out to my current residence. I'd had activity all along. You know, it was hot or cold. It was, you know, it wasn't every day. There were times where it was really thick and very frequent, but it was somewhat consistent, you know. But when I sit back and think about it, at that time, you know, that place was, or that place, I guess, probably still is, I don't know, is kind of a beacon. It is kind of a thin spot, if you will. I'm not a big believer in the thin spot between, or the thin, thinning of the veil concept, but I do think certain locations are more ripe or more open to um, activity, to the paranormal, just for the fact of the energy in that air atmosphere of not necessarily the building, but the land or whatever. So I think energy plays a big part of it, and I think that place was ripe for it. So almost like a magnet or almost like a lighthouse, and maybe the negativity in my life at the time, the negativity in my brain, the, the troubles I was having mentally, the emotional issues I was having because of the drastic change in life could have drawn something in, could have just brought something through let, or let something through that was a little, a little bit more just evil. I'm not going to say demonic, but something a little darker, something a little more evil. Because it was attracted to the energy of the location, the energy of the house, and my negativity. It just was the perfect storm. And so something new that this place or this area was ripe for activity, and it was just drawn to it because of my negativity. That is very possible. And that would, if I'm being honest, explain some of my emotions at that time because that's not me I don't you know really get I've been on people who have investigated with me I've you know I've been in some weird situations I've been touched I've been pushed I've been scratched 
and I just kind of go flow and try to be more rational about it. Not rational, but open to the fact that I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to freak out because I firmly believe you freak out. That makes it worse. That will, it's like a bully. If you know you or somebody picks on you or gives you a hard time, the more they know it gets to you, the more they're going to do it. So I kind of take that approach with investigating, with dealing with the paranormal. I don't try not to let anything get to me. I try to be cool, calm, and collective and not really stress out or freak out. But I did that time. So maybe it was something darker. Maybe it was my emotions or weaker emotional state. I couldn't handle the darker energy that was there. I mean, it's very possible. And what kind of... I think it's a combination of the two, if I'm being honest. You know, my... Um, fear that my life was changing and I was going to die alone and a darker energy. You put those two together and I think that might be the real answer to the question of what it was or why I had the reaction I did. I think they both contributed to that and I think that and one reason why I think, you know, there was something else there, something had came to that home that wasn't there before, maybe, is because in that time frame, activities was spiking. It was ramped up. It was much more uh, prevalent. Uh, I would have, I'd be laying in my actual bed bedroom, uh, not the spare bedroom, which ended up being, you know, the stu the original studio at that house. I was laying in my bedroom and I would see balls of light, different colors of light coming through the door. Um, I was hearing voices and you could go outside and nothing. Knocks, bangs, more doors closing, getting, you know, touched, getting pulled and getting scratched. You know, throughout the, really up until, you know, the time I left, I mean, Activity had kind of picked up there a little bit. I remember one time I was, I forget what year it was. It was a year or two after some friend had gotten a, was in going back to school and gotten a, got a digital recorder and brought it over. We were just, you know, turned it on, made sure it worked. And we were just kind of horsing around with it, you know, making little recordings. And we played it back and there was a blatant, EVP, it, you couldn't really hear what it said or make out what it said very clearly, but it was a deep, almost evil, sinister voice. And I was like, whoa, jeez, that's a little weird. But you'd hear voices, and you'd go outside and walk around, and there was nobody walking by, you know, no dogs, no, because, you know, there were people walking dogs at, from time to time up and down the street. But strange things happen, and it just seemed to escalate. So did my negative mental state, the because my mental state in that time frame, I was going through a lot. Things happened in the divorce that with kids and things that I did not handle well, and I got progressively worse. You know, 2010 to 2012, 2013, 2014, I almost said 2000, about 2013, I was not in a good place. And activity really was prevalent in the time frame. 
So did my mental state, did my mindset open the door or attract more things and more negative energies in that house? I, you know, I think there is something to it. I'm not going to say it's foolproof. It's 100% accurate, but I think our energy does affect the paranormal and nothing affects our energy more than our mindset. So if you've listened to me in the past, you know I preach about mindset. You need to be in a good mindset when you go on an investigation. You can't have a lot of negative thoughts. If you're going through a stressful time in your life, might not be the best time to do a paranormal investigation. And if you are actually experiencing stuff in your home, take note or take a journal. Write down your thoughts at the time and really analyze what's going on is there some kind of common denominator there with your mental state at the time and the activity you're experiencing because when i firmly and truly believe that negative attracts negative so if you're having negative thoughts if you are in a dark place you're going to attract darker energy darker spirits if you will i mean we can get into demons and all that stuff but I just firmly and totally believe that the worse your mindset is, the more negative you are, the more negative or more open you are to more negative and possibly sinister stuff. That is, no, there's no way for me to prove it, but I think that is really what it is or what what can happen. And when you're investigating a place with an abundance of activity or a high profile place that you know like a prison or a hospital that's already emotionally charged and if you bring your baggage into it it could stir things up that you might not be ready for you might not be able to handle because that is definitely always a possibility when you go into the paranormal field or you're actually starting to do some investigation you need to be aware that you can come across things, you can get things, you know, attachments. A lot of people use the word attachments, but you, things can be attracted to you that might not be, not, might, might not be good. You might be opening yourself up for a problem, especially if you are a negative person, if you are going through a hard time. It might be better, it might be a better idea just to Sit it out and wait till you're in a better state of mind. Wait till things are going a little bit better for you. Because there always is that possibility. I mean, we can talk possession or, you know, just a standard attachment. And it can escalate. It can make things, make, make your life almost unbearable. But if you're in a positive place, I truly believe that, you know, the negative things in the spirit world or in the other dimension or whatever you want to believe. We can debate that another day. But if you're in a positive place, they're not going to, that more darker stuff isn't going to be attracted to you. I think they feed off the negative. Darker energy feeds off a darker mindset. And more, the worse off you are, the more energy it gains. And just like I talked about 
when I was a child, how did my, the situations that arose in my childhood, was it because of the darker atmosphere brought about from what was going on? Or did that darker energy, or did something come in and cause that darker darker energy, or caused, or highlighted some of the bad stuff that happened in the home? You know, that's the million dollar question. But I think the best way to approach it, if you're going to start investigating, is to just try to be positive. Don't investigate when you are had a bad day or if you're frustrated about something. Try to be in the best possible mood. You know, and if you're in a home that is experiencing activity, the worse you get, it might attract something darker. So work on yourself. Work on, do whatever makes you happy. You know, try to be in a good place when you're at the home and project that positive energy the best you can to try to repel or push away anything that might be hanging around that's a little bit darker. That, I mean, these are all theories. This is my theory. It's not, well, not my theory. Other people have expressed this as well. But I think there's some validity to it. I think this is very important. Your mindset is one of the most important things when it comes to investigating or how you interact with the paranormal or it need you need to be positive if you're negative you're just opening yourself up to a can of worms so that is going to wrap up episode or part two of how to investigate the paranormal the next episode i don't know exactly when i'm going to release it i have not recorded it yet naturally but it's going, i'm going to talk more about the equipment version of it. We're actually going to get into a little bit of investigating and how to actually investigate when you go on an investigation, some of the procedures, some of the things you should keep in mind about equipment, about how to conduct yourself, about how to act, or that is how to conduct yourself, is how to act. A little redundant there. But, you know, just when you're investigating, some best practices. So that is what's going to be in part three of how to investigate the paranormal. Um, I'm going to, I've kind of taken the week off here with, you know, the election that has happened here in the U.S., trying to see that cluster of an event that we are dealing with here and all the stuff that's going along with it. So I kind of took last week off a little bit and didn't do a lot of recording, didn't really do a lot of social media work. Um, I've kind of been AWOL for a while. But I'm getting back to it. I'm going to, Get back to the live streaming or live show on Sundays. So be on the lookout for that. I do that on Facebook. Just follow me on Facebook at Ghost in the Night. Um, and when I do go live, it'll be from there. I might actually this upcoming Sunday try to add YouTube on that and live stream from both. That way kind of maybe get a, more people to watch it there. Cause, and I... I think it's, you know, it's, I like doing the live shows, um, but I, the way I've done them in the past is done them on Sunday and not release them until like Thursday. I'm going to definitely try to, you know, do them on Sunday and maybe, and release them Monday, Tuesday and not make people wait till Thursday and then still do a Thursday or Friday podcast. So like I said, I'm gonna, I said in the last episode, I'm going to try to do two podcasts a week. It's not going to be 
guaranteed given every, you know, set your watch by it, but I do want to do that more often than not, but I'm still going to do the live episodes on Sunday. Um, I generally do them at eight o'clock, but I'm thinking about bumping that up to maybe six o'clock, maybe seven o'clock. I haven't finalized it really yet. I just give me an extra hour to get it out, hopefully on Monday. I think that's, you know, would be better, would better serve the audio listeners and the people who check it out while I actually do it live. So if you want to join, you can follow me on Facebook, like I said, Ghost of the Night, or go to Ghost of the Night, my, I think it's youtube.com slash Ghost of the Night. Uh, be sure to subscribe there. Um, be sure to, I would greatly appreciate it if, however you take in the podcast, especially if you take it in um, via a podcast player or a podcast app on your phone, be sure to subscribe, be sure to rate it. Let people know what you think. Um, don't feel, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I love to hear from you guys. Um, tell me your, like I said earlier, tell me your the most terrifying experience you've come across, whether it be on an investigation or just in a house that you live in or lived in at one time that was active. I'm fascinated by those kind of stories. I just love to hear them. So be sure to reach out that way. And let me know your stories. If you have an idea for an uh, an episode, you have a story, I'd love to hear it. Maybe we'll highlight it and cover it on an episode. So let me know about that. Or if you just have a general idea about a topic you want to uh, talk about or want me to talk about or want to cover, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to kind of dive a little bit more into in future episodes uh, into you know, more cryptids, more paranormal things, because paranormal is so much more than just a spirit, spirit world or ghost world or the afterlife. I think, you know, people kind of get, when they hear paranormal, they automatically think ghost. It's everything. It's anything we don't understand when it comes to the supernatural, to, to ghosts, to cryptids, you know, to possible extraterrestrial life, to the UFO phenomena. We don't understand it. It all falls into the paranormal. And there are, I'm, you know, I firmly believe in some way, shape, or form, these are actually all connected in a certain way. And I'm going to kind of move a little bit more into those. I have, you know, some ideas for episodes, especially, you know, when it comes to trying to answer some questions and throw out some theories. But like I said, I do have at least... Two more episodes of, I think, the How to Investigate the Paranormal. It's going to be kind of the actual nuts and bolts of an investigation next on part three, you know, with equipment and how to conduct yourself. But that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast. Be sure to follow on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just reach out. I greatly appreciate it. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Until next week. Take care, everybody.
New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile. We're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.